Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, we've got an extra special episode for you today. I mean, I say that every time. Is it really ever special, Josh? I don't know, but today we've got guest Eli Rizzo. Thank you so much for joining us, Eli. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, you're being really nice now. We'll see how you feel at the end of the episode because this is Sharp Cuts. We like to get sharp, but there is a few things we need to start off with, Josh because there's been some newsworthy things. So Eli, you're gonna have to wait before we get into some of this discussion because we have a few things to note. And I don't know if you can maybe guess them, Josh. Can you just read my mind with what we're about to go through here? Well, my surprise of the episode is this is episode 48, Garrett, and every time you go, hello, everybody, I think I'm in entering like a Yes Guy Gaming video. I thought you were going to say, welcome to Yes Guy Gaming instead of Sharp Cuts. I got to get used to that. But like we're 48 episodes in and I fall for it every time. I thought about it. And when I was doing Yes Guy videos, I also say Sharp Cuts. So, I mean, nice. it's just it's the announcer voice. You can't get rid of it. But no, we hear, we are on Sharp Cuts. You are listening to Sharp Cuts. Thank you for joining us. Hit that subscribe button, comment down below, all that great stuff. Um, anyways, so a few cool things to talk about. It was recently International Women's Day, and what better way to celebrate and talk about and celebrate women excellence but three men on a volleyball talk show. So, I mean, kudos to us for really nailing that one completely, Josh. Thumbs up to us. We'll get to some more of that. Um, But big news in the beach scene, Heather Bansley has officially retired from the sport of volleyball, and I think we all owe her a round of applause. Congratulations, Heather. I don't know if she's listening or not. Probably not, but congrats on an amazing career. I'm sad to see you go, to be honest, because I thought you still had another another quad try in you, but uh, well-deserved in retirement, and hopefully you find something nice to do after volleyball, because we all know that's a tough time, Josh. Is that a shot at me? You know she's now an assistant coach with the national team. Like, she's working with me every day, so I'm glad you're encouraging her to maybe find something she's passionate about, because you don't think it's it right now. I'll pretend that I knew that that was the case, just to maybe bury you a little bit, but I did not know that. Congrats, Heather, on being assistant to Josh. You probably deserve to be the head coach. Um, Probably. And we can spread rumors on the show, Garrett. Like, I think usually when athletes retire, it's because they're, they're in injured or maybe there's like a mean coach who's cutting them and telling them they're not good enough heather played amazing at the olympics she's had like a really good career maybe she's coming back eventually garrett i'm just going to plant that rumor right now that like i don't know if she's done or not like usually when somebody leaves it's like the very end they just don't fade into the darkness like well you did really i'm gonna have secret conversations with heather about her and i making our return somehow just both of us on a blockbuster day coming back but we better be good which there's no guarantee can we get the exclusive on that when you finally decide to come back yeah, like if, if Sharp Guts doesn't have the exclusive coverage of that, I don't know what the hell we're doing, Josh. <laughs> so congrats, Heather, on that. Eli, I also, I don't know if you follow the show. So, I mean, he's just sitting here going like, what the hell are these guys talking about, by the way? Just getting bored out of his mind. I can see him there. But thanks for your patience. We also have to let everybody know that we found Kerry Gagnon, and he is back. He is alive and well, and things are going well. Um, kind of had to let us know that... Uh, yeah, like he, he's got just life stuff. Like he has stuff to do other than just follow our show. Um, so, I mean, sorry for Carrie for calling you out. But he's back and back to commenting and giving us guests for the show. So hopefully we can 
take advantage of that. So thank you, Kerry. Welcome back. I know everybody was worried about that. I certainly was. And stop apologizing to uh, Eli because he offered to come on the show. We're one for one this week on getting a guest, Garrett, because he he reached out. You blew it by telling everybody immediately <laughs> what the number was. We usually save that for the end on Eli, but okay. Let's let's get into it because, Eli, it was an exciting week this past week for you because there was a lot of games happening midweek. And I'm trying to find the schedule. I'm trying to look up what the hell's going on to see what's happening in the U-Sport playoffs. And I can't really figure out what the hell happened, but I know that it maybe wasn't good for you. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, not the outcome we would have wanted, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, as a, as a volleyball head, like, we did, I think we did nine games in 16 days. And, I mean, besides my body hurting a bunch, and but we we enjoyed it, man. That was a great test for everybody. I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have changed it at the end of the day, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and I think, because you can't really trust the can west site josh we've been through this before and we'll maybe cover it again on this show you can't really trust these sites right now but it seems like it seems like you had three five setters in this pool system in three days that's got to be an insane sequence of events for your team to go through yeah man honestly it was definitely riding the roller coaster a little bit emotionally too right coming from you know we lost by two in the fifth uh ufc and then coming back and then winning by two in the in the fifth uh, against Winnipeg, and then obviously the Manitoba game didn't quite go the way we would have liked at the end. But yeah, we got we definitely got the most out of most out of the playoffs for sure. Would have maximized maximized yeah, our I'm, touches. We've done a terrible job of introducing you. Eli plays libero for UBC. Oh, I had that correct, right? Like, do we have the right Eli Rizzo here on the show? We have the correct one, Garrett. And if you look at his stat line, it wasn't unusual. I think it was against Fraser Valley. You threw up like twenty digs. Like there were some big games this year. Yeah, definitely a couple. Definitely, I think my team did a really good job of just funneling the ball to me once in a while. I think uh, oh, it's definitely just a byproduct. good blocking for sure. They make it easy. We got a big team, so generally speaking, they anytime it's funneled to me, it's it's pretty pretty nice. Well, I think it needs to be said. I mean, congrats on a great season. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, sorry that the season is over. You guys gave it an effort. It seems like. Um, I'm just bugging Josh because last episode he said he hates it when people say congrats on a great season slash career for people. So congrats on a great season, Eli. Speaking of that year, because of the COVID year, all these senior nights, they're bringing back people who actually graduated, but they didn't get like there. So now they're coming back and it's just recycling these posts of like congrats on a great career, but they didn't play this year. So now you're looking at stats from like way before. I think we're just way, way too inclusive of what we call like a a great uh, career, you know, and inspiration all this stuff like everybody gets a social media post when some people are just average garrett and i think we have to accept that well i think you should shut up and get on right now a post about eli and how he had a great season and i mean we should applaud him what are you talking about like come on let's go did you guys do that at ubco have the seniors who didn't get a chance to do the senior thing when they graduated come back no man we didn't do that i thought that was really weird though like i don't know what kind of (laughs) stuff that is i don't agree with it either like i don't know if, if you ask me, like, especially as an away team, like, the only thing that does is cuts into your warm-up anyway. Like, yeah. I don't need an extra five guys with a speech talking about how they just spent a year off working or something like that. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah, that is a bit <laughs> awkward, Josh. Like, the seniors' night is already a bit awkward, especially if it's a tense game. Like, it's an important game, the last game of the season. It's a bit awkward, like, 
you had this huge presentation for guys who are graduating. That's like, no, you got to play. And I can't imagine the guys coming back who've just been off doing whatever for a year, being like, yeah, it's been a, like, what do they say? Oh, it's been a really tough year without volleyball. <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys get speeches? I was at U of T, a uh, friend of the show, Sophia Courier. She was there and I went to her senior game. She didn't get to speak. Uh, it was said like right in the, the rules that we weren't allowed to interact with her till like after the game. Like there was no picture with her parents like before the game. Like it was pretty like the, the U of T game, Garrett, there's like rope all around the court. Like the, the normal fans weren't allowed to interact with the players. Did you guys get a speech at UBCO? Uh, we had people speak for us, but I I don't no one grabbed the mic or anything like that. Maybe it's just a Canada West thing where we just kind of have other people speak. Or normally it's the coaches that drone on for a long time. They get a little sappy with it. Yeah, we had that too at Western End, but Jim kept it real nice and short because he didn't, you know, he didn't. Yeah, like yeah, you whatever, get out of here. He wanted everybody to come <laughs> back for a fifth year, so he wasn't being too nice, especially after the fourth year, guys. So, Not closing the door completely. Yeah, exactly. But. Okay, so you guys, I'm tr- I-, I was trying to wrap my head around this, trying to do some prep for the show, Josh, which is a bit unusual for me, but rare. trying to wrap so my head around here. like... I've heard it's a bit rare. Yeah, it, it's very <laughs> rare, but I try, I see, I attempted this time, and I will never try it again because it just doesn't work. Like, I can't execute it properly because I'm trying to prep what the heck's going on in this CanWest pool system, and I have no idea what the hell's going on. Like, you guys have three pools, like... So what is that like? You're you're jumping in there. You're playing in a pool situation in a playoff situation. What the yeah, hell's like, going how on? How did you prepare for the game plan? Because you had a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, are you even paying attention to the Saturday game? Like the lead into practice. Like, how are you game planning for three different games? Uh, honestly, it's pretty much you kind of just try and take it one at a time. You know, you take your Thursday, then your Friday, and like uh, I mean, after the game, you really don't really watch the video on. I mean, especially as a libero, like it's not really a ton to watch unless you're trying to watch yourself. But, you know, I think it's kind of your better serve probably prepping for the next or next serving group and that sort of stuff anyway. So, like, at least on my end, it was definitely just let it go, try and forget about it, get a good night's sleep, and then just right back to just video and prep and that sort of stuff. But definitely less, less envious of the setters because I feel like those guys got a lot more late nights watching video. They got to stay up, see what they did right and wrong offensively. Like, that's – I don't that's, – that's no fun. Interesting. So it sounds like people take it seriously. Sometimes. Only sometimes. I – yeah. Depends Which on who you ask, I suppose. It's a, it's a foreign concept for me watching video. Like, And it is, does seem weird. Like you prepare for a full week. Maybe not a full week because you played nine games in 16 days. So for maybe yeah. four or five days, you have to prepare for the first match. And then you have literally hours to prepare for the next match. I guess you do know who you're playing in what order, though. That's true. And did you guys fly or were you on a bus? There's a lot of dead time on the bus. You could have been watching video. Definitely. We uh, we flew, but the one thing that had happened in the week is that... Big budget, uh, Garrett. Big budget. Oh, man, yeah. They budgeted for COVID this year. We were really thankful, especially with the floods. We were originally supposed to butt, and, uh, and we actually got upgraded to flying, so... I'm but, jealous. Uh, we don't have that kind of budget here on uh, Sharp Cuts, so don't be expecting any nice treatment here. You guys, you guys won't be flying me out anytime soon for an in-person? De- or? Definitely not. And there'll be no shirts or no yep. participation, anything yeah. like... No merch. No per diem. No, nothing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, sorry. Did Josh promise you like a coffee or something? Because it's not coming. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> uh, oh, we, God. We ended up with like the reason why we weren't able to prep for the, for the three games up ahead was because on Monday... At like noon, we found out that there was uh, some going on with uh, one of the teams in our pool where they had, I mean, I'm not too sure how much I can really speak on it in detail, but 
basically one of the teams in our pool. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to call anybody out, at least from, I don't know what's out there and what's not, but one of the guys from, or one of the players from another one of our teams in our pool played ineligibly for the second semester and ended up having to forfeit uh, a bunch of the games in the second semester, which kind of led us to a situation where if both teams were able to switch their flights and switch their tickets to where they were going, then we would have been able to bump up uh, a seed. And we, so at the time, we didn't really know if we were going to play UFV, U of A, or U of S, or if we were going to go to UW, U of C, U of M. So we didn't find out until um, Wednesday at noon where we were going. And when was I your game? I didn't know there was the extra layer to that. Their game was on Thursday night, Garrett. So this is public. Like, we're, we're not throwing anybody under the bus here. Like, UBC used an ineligible player, and Canada West stripped them of those wins, Garrett. But they kept the playoff draw the same. And it sounds like all the teams that it affected didn't get confirmation until Wednesday. One, where they were going, but two, who they were playing. What a mess. So Yeah, it was definitely not great. <laughs> you not only had no time to, like... You didn't know who you were playing because you, you knew who you like. You might have even thought, oh, they're going to uh, adjust their record and switch the seeds. So we're going to actually play this group. Like we're going to go to Edmonton and we're going to play this group. Instead, now we're going to Winnipeg and we're playing this group like total shuffle of the deck. Yeah. And definitely three completely different teams in uh, in the pool that we were in versus what we saw on the other team. Not even from a skill standpoint, but just from just the brand that they play, like totally different than uh the ones in the or central pool. This is serious drama, Josh. And I don't know if anybody's talking about it anywhere or anything's going on. I'm not sure we're going to get Eli to throw anybody under the bus because he's just trying to keep good face. He doesn't want to, you know, look bad and for all the millions of people that are watching this. Nah. But there's some serious drama here that really nobody's talking about. Like, there's some well, shaking. Let's play out this the hypothetical here, Garrett. Let's play out the hypothetical. You're the, the president of CanWest. Do you make a decision to change the standings because that's what's right? And, and UBCO would pass UBC and it changed the playoff draw, but it's going to cost both teams thousands in plane tickets and travel and it's going to mess everything up. Or do you just hold it and, and save that expense? Like, do you do the, the thing what's right in the standings or do you try to save these schools money in a COVID year where maybe their budget's already like pretty tight? Like, uh, I could see why it was a tough decision. I, I didn't know it took till Wednesday. Am I all powerful That's... in this hypothetical? Yeah, you're you're the guy. You're the guy. I'm all powerful. Then I'm definitely fixing it, making like making it the right thing, and saying UBC, you got to pay for it. That's that was gonna be my. I, I, I mean, idea. I like you, you like we. Is it on us for catching this issue way too late? I mean, how often are we supposed to check this? I don't know. But I mean, that's a process. That's another layer. I don't know. Is it UBC's job? Is it like the U Sports? Is it Canada West? Like, is there somebody's job who's checking eligibility academics? Are they a full time student? Did they flunk something? I don't know who actually. And like, who that. found it? Who found that? That like, it could have been nobody known, right? It might have been better if nobody knew, because nothing changed, <laughs> right? Nothing did change. No. So like, maybe it was better if we didn't know this happened. <laughs> now we're just pissed. Yeah, honestly. Do we know which like player it was, Eli? Do we know if it was like a starter or if it was a bench guy? Uh, I I do, but again, I don't know if. I don't well, know don't if don't name a name. You don't need no, to no, name names, the name. names is fine, but was it somebody getting in at garbage time, or was it somebody who was like in the regular rotation? No, meaningful, meaningful minutes for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that is, it's a bit like, come on, what? 
it sets a weird precedent because now anyone caught with an ineligible player in the future, it's like, well, you didn't punish them. They they were still second in their division. They still went on to this. Like, wow, well, they did get punished, Josh. They took all those L's that didn't change their seed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the record books are going to show them having lost. So, I mean, worth it. <laughs> Huge punishment. If I could lose every game in the regular season and get the first seed or second seed, I'd do it. Like, why do you care? Yeah. I mean, it didn't work out for them, though, at the end. They, they ended up losing in the first round anyway, so I guess comes around to the run, I suppose. That's so. tough as well, yeah, because I do see that, like, gosh. So everyone's bitter, except the people who are moving on. Yeah, probably. I guess, I guess that's probably how it normally works in the I'd playoffs. be so bitter. And I'll be honest, I'm bitter right now, Eli, because I'm a little bit distracted because I can't even see your face right now. Are you sitting in the dark? Did your power <laughs> go out? Do we need... Is, do we do we need help there? Okay, we're He's just okay. so sad looking at the standings, watching his highlight tape. Yeah, like I didn't mean to take us down over. this devastating road, Eli. Like <laughs> I know we lost. Like sorry, elves. man. <laughs> it was a weird year. Let's write it off as just a weird year. But you do have power. See, I was upset at Canada West, and I was upset at like just the the logistics or the planning of this. I didn't know like the human element of this, Garrett. That there are literally teams not knowing their schedule, preparing for playoff matches, meaningful matches, and you didn't know who to scout for. Like that's a lot of wasted hours. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, like, like my comment earlier, like I'm kind of surprised that people take it this seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you, you weren't that serious when you played. Well, no, but you're playing pool play in the playoffs. Scouting? You, they're playing three teams. You just scout scouting. Like, what's scouting? You're playing three different teams. It's like club volleyball all over again. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's what this was, Garrett. This was university club volleyball. Yeah, like you're taking your, your club team to a tournament. You're going to scout all eight of the teams or nine of the teams in the tournament with you on the weekend? Me and Frank say to Neewood, you're No, dad. you would not. Shut <laughs> your mouth. Get off your high horse. Yeah. That other podcast, what do they do? The Coach's Chair podcast or whatever? I the bet they would pair. say they, they would scout it out, wouldn't oh, they? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Have you been on that podcast? Yes. Yes. I guess we got to have those guys on our show. we got to return the favor. Yeah, I, I guess I, I just, I don't. Well, they, yeah. they took a hiatus during COVID. They just called it. You can still download the episodes, but they haven't released a new one since, like, yeah, pre-COVID. Well, they're getting a shout out on that? Sharp Cuts. No free ads. No free ads on the show. Well, that's a free ad. Do they're going to give you a coffee or something? Because we need that. Maybe they have a budget. I don't know. All right. Gracefully segueing out of this, but okay. sort of back into it. So, Eli, I don't know if we briefed you or not. I don't think we did. So I think this is like pure surprise, but maybe you already know. Everybody's favorite segment on the show. We still don't know if it's ever... Comment, if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below if or if this is not your favorite segment. It's Players of the Week and Clowns of the Week, where we, we call some people out for doing over and above great things this week who deserve it and for people doing really terrible things. Um, and as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing I'm really not ready with my player of the week. <laughs> my goodness. So Eli's not ready. I'm not really ready. I'm kind of ready. I'm not that's that ready. Prepared. I have three players of the week. Is that bad? Or do I have no, to that's pay? good. That's good because you're usually very critical. So it's good for you to share the love this time. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm not going to start then. So why don't you start? So genuine. Well, yeah, yeah. What what is this? You start then, Big Mouth. 
I'll start. Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. Uh, start. Friend of the show. He's been on the show before. And they upset UBC. They're into the next round. The Sask boys. I'm going with Morty. Morty had a great game. Dylan uh, against UBC. 16 kills, five aces, three blocks, six digs. Guy went off. Sask is into the next round. Morty. I can I can picture Prim in the post game chat. He's like, oh, Morty did a great job. Yo, Morty, 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 Morty. Yes, guy. Dylan Mortensen, player of the week. I'm laughing because I just know, like, they're, they're all like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, Dylan Moore carrying us to another victory. If you haven't heard that episode, check it out. Oh, it's uh, we chatted one. with a couple of guys on that team. And, uh, well, I mean, is that, like, the fourth time you've named him as your player of the week, Josh? Are you, like, on Sask's bandwagon now? We have a UBCO player here, and you're just talking up Sask. I'm, Man, I'm on the wagon. <laughs> Yeah, like they're still going, and UBC's UBCO's out. Like, it's a bit harsh, Josh. Uh, speaking of wagons, UBCO women—that's a wagon. You can get on that team. Like, they're they're doing some big things. Well, why didn't you name your player of the week from UBCO women? Because they haven't been on the show yet. If they come on the show, maybe they can get some awards. There's—is uh, it nepotism if it's like a friend thing, or is that only family? Is it? There's definitely special treatment Wait, going you're on. Trying to ask us called. smart questions, we don't know answers. Yeah, I don't know to. I'll just call it special treatment. Anyways, special what do you think treatment. we went to university? No, we only play volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to go, Eli, or do you need me to go? Because I'm going to draw uh, it out I, a lot. I can, I can give her. Let's go, player of the week right now, Eli. Full surprise, no prep for this. Uh, player of the week for sure. I uh, got to give it to Daniel Thiessen. I don't know if you've seen the box score from. Uh, his weekend this weekend when we played him, but uh, 25 kills on 56 attempts on the first night and then following it up with 33 on 64 the following night and then just a clean 27 on 67 uh, for 67. the third game. So, Oh, yeah. Like, this guy is, like, pure volume and uh, the ball crosses the net high and he finds a way to score, man. He's a, you know, that guy's a dude. That's a lot of volume. Yeah. Holy. That, that is... Hung that, tough, too. I'm I'm incredibly bitter that he's getting set that much. I would have loved to be set that much. That's some high number of kills and high volume there. So he, this guy's getting nearly 100 kills in the three matches in pool play. Yeah, no, like, it was a pretty... It was definitely the most impressive performance I've seen in a three-game stint. So they're but, moving uh, on. Those, Are they so. moving on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they better be. Deserve, that guy's... Deservedly so, man. Yeah. Hey, For you sure. know what? Congrats, Thiessen. Well done, buddy. I mean, we respect the volume, but, uh, well, hopefully they can get the job. I don't know what's going to happen, but normally teams with that much volume, they get shut down at some point. I'm speaking from personal experience. Okay. <laughs> Players of the week for uh, me. Oh, yeah. Did you have something, Eli? Yeah, I, actually, I got one more, too. I got to give a special shout-out to my senior middle who blew his Achilles on uh, – Game point of our final match. Missed it by that much. Caleb Funk almost got out of there unscathed. He just he battled back from two torn ACLs back-to-back years on the same leg. Came back and played his last year this year in 22-24 uh, in the fourth against U of M towards Achilles. So uh, that's that's my other star of the week, man. That guy's got a battle-tested battle, uh, battle body, and I'm sure he'll come back stronger than ever. But, yeah, tough way to end for that, sure. But got to shout him out. That's a sad story. Is that his last year? Yeah, man. Well, congrats on a great career. Um, oh, sorry, Josh. Is that should we not? Oh, yeah. I what mean, an amazing, inspiring. Honestly, epic, though, epic two torn career. ACLs and and then a torn Achilles. Yep. That hurts physically. 
Yeah. And mental in the last yeah. point of the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like mid rally too. And then uh, we, there's a post of it on our Instagram if you want to go look at it, but basically the rally kept going for at least four or five more contacts. The ball went back over the net. They hit it back over. We dug it, chased it down. And then we weren't able to get it over on the third, but it didn't blow the call down. See, this so. is the kind of stuff you get in U sports, Josh, that nobody really sees if you're not in the gym at the time. Like this type of drama, commitment, like there's a story here that I'm in, I'm immediately intrigued by. And really the video, I mean, I got to go check out the video at some point, but I'm not sure if I want to, though. No, I'm pretty squirmish. I don't want to see injuries. But uh, if anyone wants to send us highlight clips, we'll gladly like take credit and repost them. Will we? Is that? Uh, I don't know if we have the budget for that. <laughs> the time the budget? budget. Do we have an intern? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. <laughs> My players of the week are going to be pretty lame by comparison, actually. Um, Tough act to follow there. Like, those are some good ones. Yeah, you guys had some... Oh, self-proclaimed. <laughs> good one. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I think more than mine, but... <laughs> my, my players of the week, I, I have three of them. Two of them we've already talked about. So, first off, Carrie Gagnon. I mean, Carrie, you're a pure beauty. Thank you for commenting again, and thank you for caring about the show and us. You, you inspire me. I love you. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Sorry to make it up. Congrats on a great career. Yeah. Great career. Yeah. All inspiring. Yeah, congrats on a great comment, Kerry. Um, then my second player of the week has got to be Heather Bansley. I mean, Heather, once again, congrats on a great career. Two-time Olympian. Um, we're going to mention it, but Josh is going to see every day. Josh, you're, gonna yeah. get, you're probably going to get fed up with Josh, Heather. But, um, I mean, congrats. And my third player of the week is... <laughs> is a guy we've had a back and forth relationship with on this show because I've called him out as player of the week once. Not me. Somebody else called him out player of the week. Then I was, he was clown of the week by me from a terrible stat line. Turned it around at an epic stat line this past week. It's Evan Filardo from UFT. Has got to, I mean, it's been an up and down season. I, I don't know that. I can only assume. But 26 kills on 49 attempts. Um, Listen to the pod with only four errors is is a great stat line after going heavily negative in previous matches. And it came in a 3-2 win against Nipissing. Uh, I mean, congrats, Evan. I mean, we maybe need to have Evan on the show just to, like, hear the roller coaster that maybe this season has been. Maybe it's not. Maybe I just picked the two strangest games of his year. But anyways, congrats to those three players of the week. And, and friend of the show, Jasper, he's been out a little bit, so hopefully a speedy recovery and Jasper can come back. But yeah, and Mitchell Neward, I don't think, played on the weekend for U of T. So yeah, Evan was carrying the load there. Go 26-4? and four? Whew. Yeah, on 49. Like, it's inefficient, which is not a Garrett May stat line. Because um, <laughs> it took me a ton of sets to get that many kills, so he's doing it well. Um, okay, moving on to... Also, maybe everybody's favorite segment. We're still not sure. Comment down below if this or if it is not your favorite segment. It's Clowns of the Week. And, Josh, I was a little bit more prepared for this. I have two this week. i, I just full of it this week. I couldn't decide. I'm, I'm, I got a self-chirp for not being able to really narrow it down to one solid. But okay. are we ready to go for Clowns of the Week? Are we ready to call sure. people out? Sure, I sure, love sure. having guests unprepared and forcing them to call someone or something yeah. out. It's just my favorite thing. I get anxiety from this, and I have time to prepare. So, you getting you? Are you actually? This I don't like this segment. I, it makes me feel uncomfortable. But yeah. Well, then you go first. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, my, my runner-up, they're not the official You have two. You have two? I love it. Yeah, I have two. So I, I tried to get on the wagon earlier this year, Garrett. I tried to jump on the bandwagon of the Central West Division on the women's side, like Regina was having a good year, Sask was having a good year. They're not moving on. It's all Alberta and BC teams in the final six of Cannes Sports. So that, that's my runner-up is just the Central Division as a whole. Like, I tried to get on the wagon. It didn't work. But, Garrett, the amount of time I spent on my phone watching highlights, looking at box scores, I called out the Canada West playoff format. I was super fanning this weekend going, oh, this team needs to win this team or this team's coming off a five-setter. I was like, I was fanboying hard on the Canada West playoff format. I'm on board. I'm a fan. I called them out. They were my clown of the week before. That now makes me clown of the week because I was super fanning over Canada West playoffs, Garrett. Well, you're going to be really disappointed with my clown of the week then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's unpack that here, Josh, because I feel like you're, what the heck's going on here, man? You you, you call out... 12 out of 13 teams were making the playoffs but when you put playoffs into like this atmosphere Garrett this weird format I'm checking like Thursday who's playing who I'm checking box scores I'm waking up the next morning because I couldn't stay up for all the games like I got on board in a big way okay that's fine I mean you want to nerd out nerd out that's cool but your call out and your semi call out of the Can West Central team so we're talking Sask Regina just Sask Winnipeg, and Regina Manitoba like those those teams well, I mean, we just talked about how Thiessen, player of the week, he's moving on. Uh, but no, on the women's side, the women's side is only you BC and You were bandwagoning teams. hard yeah. for the Sask women. I'm off the wagon. And they did not deliver for you. They lost 3-0 to Mount Royal. They lost 3-1 to UBCO. And they beat Manitoba, who was also in their conference, 3-1. So the, the only match they won was another conference team that they already played 18 times this year. So you bandwagoned hard, and now you're bitter... Yeah that they didn't deliver for you. Yeah, it pains me to say, Garrett, but I'm off that wagon. Well, I mean, enjoy your fall from grace, Josh. Uh, I think you named a girl from that team Player of the Week twice. So, like, yeah. I think the Who self... was a first-team Can West All-Stars? So, I mean, confirmation bias. Can West must be listening to the show when they selected their All-Stars. Are they? We should do our top ten at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eli, are you ready for the Clown of the Week, or should I go? You got it. You got it. I'll go okay. Last. Yeah, I'll go. We'll save yours la- for last, right? The best for last. Um, so I have two this week again. So, I mean, I love a good technology. I work in video games. I love just a nice tool, like a nice tech thing that works well and is good. I respect it from a user standpoint, but I also professional respect. So when something is terrible, it pisses me off to no end. So for that, in that end, I have two clowns of the week. First off, the Volleyball World Pro Beach Tour. Their website is garbage. Straight garbage. It's literally throw it out. You could make it in WordPress. I could do this in two days myself and make it look better than what they've got going on here. Yeah, it looks nice, whatever. You want to find a tournament? Good luck. There's like five clicks to get to your tournament. Oh, you want to look at the schedule? It's just a picture. It doesn't exist. It's just a picture. You can't even click on the event on the schedule. What? Yes. Then when you find the events, they're ordered by their level, not a full list of them. You can't peruse the events. You got to tab over to the different types. So when you're trying to find the next event, well, I don't know if it's an elite or a challenge or a future because I got to click on each of them and compare the days to see which one's coming next. How brutal for fans. 
Give your head a swivel, volleyball world. You guys have apparently investment. Figure out your website. So clown of the week one. I was a little bit more heated than I expected it to be. Okay. I think anyone who's tried to find a beach event or a registration list, they they feel the pain, Garrett. That's why I go to fivv.12ndr.at. No so, free ads. And my other clown of the week, and maybe I should add a third in here, is the Can West playoff <laughs> format. <laughs> And by extension, you, Josh, for fanboying over it, because what an absolute hot mess. Are you kidding me? You're going to ask players who've been like had games canceled, shortened season to play. We've already seen from Eli play nine games in 16 days. You're going to ask them to play three midweek games in a pool play format. Midweek, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is not midweek. Get your facts straight, bud. Thursday is midweek. Mm, no, because Wednesday would be the hump, and you're past that. So Yeah, okay, one midweek game with some other games. You're asking them to play games during school time, and you're going to fly away like you're missing school to play this dumbass format in pool play? You have a pool play quarter, then a pool play semi? Is there a pool play final? <laughs> I think yes. they bring back everybody from the first round, and they play off for the wild card to go to the finals. There's literally That's a pool hard. play final. <laughs> What the hell are we doing? Pool play? It's the worst thing about sports. <laughs> like, nobody gets it. It's a, everybody like, okay, yeah, you got to do it. But we don't have to do this in playoffs. Like, you want to keep things short? One game. Cross it over. Move on. Like, yeah, I get the travel thing, whatever. But, like, keep it simple, Can West. Also, you can't find results anywhere on the Can West site or... And the U-Sports site, you can. I did find it, but it is absolutely buried. So, hey, just a large a clown final. of the It's week. a Final Four. I think it's just semis and, and finals. I don't think it's like a pool play final. No. There's week one, week two, week three. First two rounds are definitely... First two uh, rounds well, are. I third, think the last one is just... Is, a, third is Final Four. It's 1v4, 2v3, for sure. Yeah, like, hold on. So we're going to do a pool play in the semi to determine the semi... Not even to determine the final? Yes. What an absolute joke. Like, you're going like, to make people travel to three potentially different locations to play potentially... How many matches you got to play to win? Eight? Nine? Five? Seven? Three, then two, then two. got to play seven matches to win this thing. What? What are we talking about here? You're basically playing every team. <laughs> 12 teams made the playoffs. You're playing seven matches? <laughs> How am I the only one pissed about this, Josh? Because it's sports, Garrett. We have something to fire up about. It's playoffs. I'm fired up about how dumb it is. You know what I want to see? I want to see a three-way tie in this random pool of three, and that determines the final four. I want somebody to lose to a tiebreaker, Garrett. You're like, what the hell are you going to do if it's a tie? Like... Maybe one of these pools of four. Thank goodness there wasn't a four-way tie. Like a two, 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 and two. Like that would be just <laughs> devastating for everybody, right? Like what do you do then? It's point differential is what costs you the championship. Point yes. differential, Josh? You like that? I think we're on pace for that. Ineligible players don't matter. Travel Eli, doesn't do you matter. have any we're comment have whatsoever? Join my tie. side so we can bury Josh. It's playoffs, baby. Think a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Think about think about all like the three-way ties that you get for second. All you get whatever, two and one, two and one, two and one, and one and two, like, or oh and three. Whoa. Coming down to points or sets difference? No, thank oh, you. Oh, I hope it comes down to points, not even sets Stop difference. It. I hope it comes down to you points You don't hope that. <laughs> Eli's with me. It's two on one. You're wrong, Josh. You don't hope it goes to a tie. Come on. 
Think of all those amazing careers that will be wasted and there'll be people saying, hey, congrats on a great career when they lost on point differential, Josh. Well, right now, the the UBCO men have been absolutely jobbed out of a national championship. I want another team to be jobbed out by a three-way tie. I'm just hoping for it. Hold on. So you're confirming, like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going out on a limb that the UBCO men's volleyball team, Eli, was their libero this year. <laughs> was jobbed out of a national championship because I mean, of this they're playing teams they shouldn't have been playing they should have been in edmonton playing against alberta and sask and i'll Fraser double down Valley. on that with you let's go <laughs> i'll get on that train it's gonna You're make telling me but... that's not a difference playing against sask and fraser valley than versus playing uh calgary and who else was in your pool winnipeg winnipeg and manitoba it's different garrett different styles who knows this is a big what if this is a big hypothetical I mean, it's not the format that you're talking about the UBC ineligible oh. player thing. Which is drama. All the formats are messed. In Ontario, we played the full season, and then four had to play five to confirm who the true. There can only be one, number four, and then they go one, four, two, three. Like, See, I that's don't know dramatic. Why that, that's but dramatic. Why did that extra match have to exist? We just played the regular season. Why are we tiebreakering the four versus five? Garrett. I got a question. How would you how would you like rank the teams though, right? If we all only just play within province, how would you go one versus whatever sixteen, two versus fifteen? Like, I don't, what's your plan with that when you have three teams? I agree. Like, the entire a, East Division's eight and eight. I agree. It's a weird situation, but this is what I would do: is I would first of all give my head a shake because if we're worried about COVID, so we separated the provinces, then we decided. Let's bring one team from each division together and really just co-mingle all those Germans. Make them get the on an airplane place. before they play. You know? yeah. We separated provinces for safety, but now we're going to bring them all together deliberately from one from each. Okay. Because airports what the heck? are the safest place to travel to. Yeah, right now, I think like. you have two options. I think you go like full record top to bottom, which isn't perfect for sure. There's a lot of complaining there, but you could do that. And just go, you know, one eight or whatever, um, cross over there. Or you could find a champion from each of the regions um, and give one of the regions with the best record a second. Um, and again, that's also not perfect, but it is, does force you to beat the teams you've already beaten in a playoff format um, to move on, which would be consistent with their, like, we're keeping it in province instead of like totally changing it up. Neither of those are perfect, but. At least, like, we don't have to force everybody to play all these weird matches. What if we found a neutral site, like, let's say, Ryerson University, like, walking distance from me, and we did a March Madness tournament. We only played two out of threes, Garrett, because we don't want to wear them out. But we just go March Madness all the way down. Everybody makes playoffs in the Canada West, but I get to watch it in the comfort of Toronto. I think that would be the best format. Yeah, I think you're you're full of it. <laughs> what? Ryerson. Random, you're going to make all Ryerson, these teams? two out of threes. Who's paying and for we it? Just, <laughs> we'll give everybody a coffee at Tim Hortons, but yes. only because Roll Up is on right now and everyone's a winner. Somebody's so, due to win that, yes. So we just buy it, but we say, actually, got to give us back the Roll Up because we need that. <laughs> I think it's straight the conference, number of games, I, I, it was tough to separate. I, I, I got on board. I still think it's a little too inclusive. Okay, well, that's my clown of the week, Josh. And by extension, you. And you said you were your clown of the week. Yeah. So I'm just agreeing with you. So... Um, I'm a great clown of the week. We still need Eli's clown of the week, though. So we gave you lots of time to think about it, Eli. Uh, all right, I got two. Yes. Uh, my first one. Oh yeah. Uh, my first one is another guy from UW, uh, Nigel Nielsen. Uh, Nigel. He, these guys, UW had us dead to rights in the fourth set, 
Um, they had just they just came up and beat us. Uh, we like choked the third set, and uh, they, these guys go up five in the fourth, and he just starts talking, he starts running his mouth, and this guy's been. You know, he's been our serving target the whole time. Like, this guy's beat it off the antenna about four times, like, prior. Like, and, and you know, our team doesn't generally engage too much. Like, our, our bench always has something to say. But, like, normally speaking, like, we don't really we don't really talk a lot of stuff through the net. And uh, I just see my captain go up the net. He starts saying something. And from there on, basically, this guy kept on talking to us. And I just don't really – I don't really like it when guys talk when they're up. You know what I mean? Like, I think it says a lot about – says a lot about a person, you know, if you're talking crap and you're down one set and that sort of stuff. But this kid waited all the way to the fourth set to uh, to start talking. And basically, I made it my mission from there on to make sure to let him know that that wasn't going to happen. And his uh, his game went downhill. He didn't. I don't think he had a particularly great weekend in general. So that's my first clown because uh, I don't I don't I don't have a lot of love for guys that as a talk when they're up it says a lot it says a lot it about just got who you incredibly are. real on this show Garrett yeah I mean that's a legit clown of the week and to be honest that is I can see myself doing that Josh because I'm not a talker right like I never was I guess maybe I would be now I don't know but I'm not a talker so like I'd be super nervous to like talk and then lose like that would be the that's the embarrassment piece right like you don't want to chirp and then lose because now bear, you look like yeah. an idiot don't poke the bear. So, like, if you're going to talk, the safest time to talk for your own ego is when you're winning. <laughs> so I get it, but also, I just had a rule. Like, don't talk if you're not a talker. Like, if you're, gonna, if you're not talking the whole game, don't talk at all type thing, you know? Like, turn it on or turn it off. Don't be, like, halfway with that thing. So, I mean, hey, that's, that's, that's a legit uh, shot across the bow, and we respect it here on Sharp Cuts. Uh, and then uh, my second one, I actually another friend of the show, Tommy Boy. I got uh, I got a call out for Tom because they could have helped us up by beating Winnipeg, and uh, I I got to question some of those setting decisions down the stretch, man. Got to got to go with your big horse. Went away from his middle and Hamish. I don't know. So he hold on. Thought about setting in the flow. So I listen to that pod. <laughs> they win that, and you advance. But it, well, it would have led to Winnipeg being one and two. But then, honestly, if we when we lost the U of M, that would have led to the perfect three-way tie that you guys are talking about. One, one, two, three-way tie. Sora. So, so hold on. They they're like uh, in a tight uh, game. You got to set the scene for us because this is amazing as well. So they're in a tight game. They're already through. They've won twice. Yeah. So they they were two and zero going into Saturday, and uh, whatever first set rolls around, and we're watching and we're feeling pretty good because. Tom's running a sweet offense. He's refining his middles really good. They got two pretty explosive guys out of the mids that just were teeing off for the most part. And uh, seconds that rolled around, and I think they started committing a little more, but he started trying to find Hamish uh, on the right, and Hamish was teeing off too, but Winnipeg just digs the hell out of the ball, man. Like, their their perimeter defense is on another level. Um, and I think he just kept on going to Hamish, and I think it kind of just came down to him and Thiessen going one-on-one in the end, and Thiessen obviously put up 27 and got them through that on 67 sets so i would have said tommy boy set your middles a little more that would have helped us out <laughs> oh my god that this is the realest sharp cuts has ever been Josh. oh yes and i absolutely. have to back it 100 i fully agree tom Sora, clown of the week what are you doing like your middles are teeing off you got physical guys give hamish a bit of a relief you know like when they know it's going there every time it just stacks up the pressure and if you got to go 27 on 60 to compete like you have to do that now to be it that's too much pressure, man. Like, if you ask me to do that, hey, Garrett, you got to get 27 kills on 60 sets this match for us to win, I'd be like, I'll try. But, like, holy, that's a high standard to, 
to hold to. Might right? need a couple more sets. I did need a couple more sets. I think I, I was never getting over 50. And it was 50. the third match of the weekend, and he was hitting over 40 sets the, the previous games, right? Oh, yeah, man. Try over, over 50 in all three. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's nuts. Get some middle action in there. Maybe they couldn't pass. Like, could they not pass plays? Should we clown of the week the passers, or is it all on Tom? Did they have the passes? Uh, I think it was on and off, man. I think Tom's a great setter, so. I'm oh, so he would. He should have found a way, is what you're saying. Yeah, right. You got to make it happen, man. Yeah, Come you got to run that shoot from the back line. No question. Like, get it done, Tom. Come on. I respect <laughs> it. Wow, like, uh, oh, another well-rounded clowns of the week here, guys. I mean, respect and players of the week. That that segment went on for a while. It sparked some discussion, Josh. Should we? I mean, this is. I feel like this is a show right now. I feel like because it's growing in popularity, it's everybody's favorite segment that that he was prepared, Garrett. He went in on a couple guys that were like Jake and Russ last week. They kind of let me down a little bit with knowing, knowing what uh, Eli can bring here. This is good stuff. Yeah, I mean, those guys obviously didn't deliver like strong clowns of the week. Like, I mean, I don't know what we were expecting. Like, in players of the week, random guys nobody knows with no story, just good guys. Like, Never I mean, I get it. it, but come on. Yeah. Take step your game up, you know. Like, let's go. Sharp cuts we're talking about here. All right, segueing not so gracefully into some other stuff that we wanted to talk about. Uh, we got a libero on the show, and I mean, we've had liberos on the show before, but we've never really talked to libero because Josh and I. I mean, Josh is not. I mean, you're a libero body type, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just stumbled into that one. I mean, you've got the body of a libero. I don't know. Eli say, might say that's a compliment. <laughs> whatever, whatever you let you roll around better, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you. So you you can imagine yourself being in the libero's position, Josh, because you know you got the height to be a libero. You know how they say you have a face for radio? Yeah, you've got the height to be a libero. Um, Thanks for podcasting. Anyway, we never talk libero, and I think based on what we've said here for obvious reasons. I mean, we don't speak the language, but we do have a libero on. Um, so I'm just curious because I think we asked when we had those SAS guys on, we, I, I asked like, what do you even do? What do you prepare? Like, what are you watching video? You're a libero, which was maybe a bit of a shortcut for me. So Eli, can you maybe defend the whole position, um, you know, from us really who, well, Josh should get it. <laughs> Don't even skip any details. Like, do you even warm up? Like, what does the libero do for the game? Man, when I was younger, like for for my first four years, my whole warm up was I would juggle volleyballs around. Like, I would just like whatever do them walking across the court, and I would just throw them at my teammates as they'd warm up. Like, I would just like, do a high kick here, high kick there, juggle some balls. Like, and then when they'd go block, our coach would hit at me, and that was that was about as that was my warm up. That's but, that's um, kind of a joke warm up. Yes. It was a joke, man. Like I was, I felt, I man. So so sorry. 20, you you juggled not, not the same. You juggled like like a circus performer, like a yeah. clown. Clown. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I kept it real loose, you know. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you would. We had a bit of an older team that year, or for those, those first couple years too, where they, uh, I don't think they enjoyed that too much, but. That was my thing, at least when I try to get ready, is I try and try and just stay light, you know what I mean? I feel like the more more serious you get about a game or the more tense it gets, like that's when you that's when you're 
that's when you're at your worst, man. Like when you're playing for, like just free and flowing around, like and just letting the game come to you. Like that's that's when the best plays come for sure. I mean, you do make a good point with there that I would agree with, but I also think saying your warm up was kind of just light and you juggled and then the coach hit at you is not really a strong defense for the seriousness of the position. Um, given that you could do that and then perform at a high level, like it didn't actually require that much focus. A lot of a lot of like, well, I would argue that I think basically as a libero, all the work is pretty much done behind the scenes, man. You know what I mean? Like once oh. you show up and you got to put your once you show up and put your shoes on, it's time to go, right? Like you got to know what's going on in front of you beforehand, right? Like it's just minor adjustments from there on out, right? Like the real prep in video is just getting ready for you know servers. What are you going to do? Whether it's like you look at the tendencies, if they can't serve the line right, you're going to move your rotation or reception group to the right, that sort of thing. Like. Uh, I don't know, and that's just you. You know, you make your game plan beforehand, but once you get there, it's like I'm just here, and I'm, you know, I'm generally pretty for free and comfortable because I know I've done, you know, pretty much. I know what I'm doing, getting on the court when come game time. So, that know. that is interesting that you talk about video because I never really looked at video that much and would assume that a libero wouldn't really have much much to gain from a like video. Oh, this guy, like this guy, does this serve? Like I need yeah. to see one serve. Like that's all it needs. As a scout, that kind of bothers me. Are you telling me there's guys in the Can West who can't serve down the line? Like, there's guys who have, like, one serve? Oh, I don't doubt yeah, that. You'd be shocked, man. I wouldn't be shocked. Are you kidding me? Well, like, you just hit your best serve, Gary. You just go from five to five. Doesn't matter if it's their P1 and standing there, their P2, whatever rotation they're in, I'm going to serve to five. Like, well, but no, but you, you watch beach players all the time, Josh, and you see you don't see people with every shot. They have two or three that are deadly, and they work between them, and then maybe no, go shot, to the other serves. Side. Serves. Well, yeah, serves. If, I'm, if my best serve is like from serving from one to the one six seam on the other side, I'm going to hit that, I don't know, 80% of the time and then mix it up with maybe I hit it in the 5-6 or maybe I cut it sharper. If I don't ever need to come down the line and still be successful, like, that's not surprising to me. It's very limiting. I think if Garrett May standing in one, we're serving to five. Like, you shouldn't have got a lot of balls at Western. I don't know why guys can only hit their best serve, and that's their only serve, no matter what rotation the other team's in. That seems like nonsense to me. Like, Well, it, I mean, it is it is shocking. And, I mean, it sounds like Eli can attest, like, the, the, the limitations of even, even really good servers, right? Yeah, no, I think – well, I mean, definitely everybody's got their go-to, right? But I think the guys that are the best servers in our league for sure have just that little bit of variety, right? Like, you, you know, your guy like Jesse Alzer who can basically rip it all over the court – coming from five but he's also got a really really well hidden shorty uh down to like short one serve as well with this uh with that cutty and uh i don't know other than that you just see a lot of guys i feel like you just you know like they go up and grip it and rip it and like they have a little bit of a range of where you know they're going whether it's like a couple either five six seam or five six yada 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 but you know you don't really see a lot of people who can like just spray it all the way over uh to one if they can't get it to five like uh, it's pretty pretty predictable and then you can now with you make your plan from there with the serves you're facing, like a lot of spin serves, it trended internationally for a while, and it's definitely hit Canada where guys are serving the ball with a ton of hook on it now, right? Like you look at Colton at EBC and a bunch of other guys, like they're not hitting a down ball like on a clock from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock anymore. Like it, it's cutting across the court. Like are you finding that's trending right now in Can West for a lot of guys? Yeah, definitely a lot more cutty action from all the serves. I, but I mean, like I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but the change of ball is massive. Right, like the old Mikasa to this Mikasa is a completely different game when it comes to float serve passing, as well as what kind of guys are able to actually get good hand contact on it. Right, like those old Mikasas that you have, those things are pure knuckles if you hit them with float, and if you didn't have perfect hand contact with it, you'd have fake topspin. Like it would just the ball would be moving over top of itself. But 
not dropping anything, right? Like now you see, now you see like every middle in the league is trying to spin serve, right? Because they're all so high and they can just hit it downwards and you get the nice snap. Like these balls are a lot closer to like the Moltons, right? They're, they're very forgiving with people who have less than perfect hand contact. Interesting. So I think that's why you see that. Do you think that's why FIVB is like manufacturing that Mikasa's getting this ball to like favor spin because they see that's the trend, Josh? Like, are we finding a conspiracy theory here? I think we are. And I think everybody <laughs> should just play with the molten. That was the calmest discovery of a conspiracy ever, by the way. If, if we get more fans for our sport, it's going to come from the molten because I saw it the most in college, Garrett, where like different divisions would play with like the Mikasa or different balls. But when you went to nationals and everybody's playing with the molten, man, a ton of guys who weren't spin servers were all of a sudden spin serving. Yeah, but like as a fan, say pretend you're a fan who knows nothing. Shouldn't be that hard for you. <laughs> Sorry, these they just come up as I'm going. Pretend you're a fan who knows nothing. It shouldn't be that hard for us. Um, where what's the most exciting thing to watch? Like, do you want to watch a guy go and put up a knuckler with the float and have somebody try to like forearm pass it and shank it off? Like, or do you want somebody to, to crush it and have a guy dive and still keep it alive? And now there's some drama there. See, if that was happening, I'd be on board with you. But I, as soon as we mentioned the Molten, I caught myself where if you watched NCAA like mid-level men's volleyball, it, they're missing like 13 serves each a set. Like that's bad volleyball. I, I would rather somebody dink a float serve in that at least initiates like play. Well, Eli's happy when he's seeing those missed serves, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What would you rather see as a libero? Like, will you prefer taking that hard spin? Like, because sometimes those are a lot easier, especially if you're saying these guys who everybody's a spin server now. Well, I'll pass that up easy. Well, let's give Eli yeah, some no. credit that he actually plays serve receive and digging. That the libero position wasn't specialized enough, Garrett. That we had to divide it yeah. into two, and now honestly, there's a defensive let's guy get into and that. a serve receive guy. Let's get into that. I'm bored of serving because honestly, that I'm fired up about. What the actual hell are we doing to the sport of volleyball with this two libero thing? Or maybe Eli, you think it's a good thing. I don't. I don't get it. Really, I feel like I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think specialization is the play in volleyball at all for at any age, and even at the oldest. Like I think we need to develop more well-rounded volleyball players. Anyway, doesn't make any sense. Like Have you guys ever done the two lip pass. system? Uh, not in my time. Or did you go to your coach and be like, "This is a joke. Oh, I can dig and pass." Oh, please. I would be like, doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I. I don't know. I think I was just fortunate enough. To never really have that situation. Like, I can't family, think, I like, are you telling me that passing and digging are not close enough that the person who's best at one would not also be the person who's best at the other? See, that's, that's interesting though. What do you, okay, so I actually have a question for you guys for the, you non-libs, but, uh, oh yeah. What, uh, so if you had to list like the, whatever, I don't know, three or four skills that would be most important for libero and the pecking order of which it would be most important to least important, what would it be for you? Passing, digging, setting, in that order for me. Setting. You normie over there with your setting libero. No. Passing and digging. I don't even need to think of any others. Like, that's what you do. See, like, because I'm in the, I'm, I, I totally agree in the reception part, but I think that, at least I've found in my, in my time, at least where, as a lib, like, the most, the second most important thing is making sure that you're a great communicator. And I think that making sure that you're relaying information from coach to player, talking about what you see on the block, communicating what your game plan is moving forward like i think that is that trumps defense because i think the majority of the time like volleyball is a losing battle when the ball isn't touched off the block to begin with you know what i mean like the best liberos in the world are the best rec receivers in the world 
I don't know if the best liberals in the world are great diggers, uh, right? Those guys don't make it. Should have known he was a rah-rah guy based on his clowns of the week, Garrett. This yeah. is what he's into. He's yeah, into firing no, guys up. I don't mind where you're taking it, Eli, because I, I do kind of agree. Like, when you think about the ball moving that fast, how many digs are you really expecting to make? Like, when, 20. when you're he got young. got 20 in one game this year. <laughs> well, but it counts as a dig if it goes off the block and you play it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, up for, that's up for interpretation, depending on the depending on the gym you're playing. Right. At, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes they count free balls as digs, which I mean, then you're going to rack up dozens. Right. But uh, I do Some like where you're taking it, where sure. where the the reception part is number one, because that's really what you do a lot. Where digging. It's like, you know, the gains you're going to make or maybe maybe make one extra dig a match if like the better guy, you know, which is like maybe crucial, but maybe you don't even win that point anyway. Um Whereas the passing, the communication though, like, and I've said this before, and I, I maybe, I maybe not common in my belief on this, but it's like, yeah, for sure that's helpful, but like, there's only so many different things you can do in volleyball, in my opinion. Like, there's only so many different things that you need. Like, if you're a great communicator, you're passing line and you're gonna move them around, and you know the other servers, that's gonna help you for sure. But also, you're gonna shift left, you're gonna shift right, you're gonna watch the short, you know, like. How really complicated are we getting with that stuff? Definitely, I would say probably a little more complicated than, uh, than maybe what you were doing back in your time. But I think for, I think in general, like, you know, there's, there's more than just a left, right, left seam, right seam, right? Like you work with two different, two different depth, right? You're either taking behind or in front. And there's a lot more communication in that sense of from like what you see from the serve going in. But then even don't in the you find that overcomplicates part, like, it though? Like if you got in front seam, I got back seam. Now I'm it's in the middle. Now we're kind of we're adding a second seam here, the the vertical seam oh. and the horizontal seam, and now we're really breaking it down don't super granularly. It's like keep yeah. the ball off the floor type thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's easy, but like what if you're in one and some guy's ripping a corner to corner serve with some serious pace, and you're the guy who's taking right seam from in six. If he's ripping it out of your head and it's deep, like that's a super hard pass to get on your right shoulder and keep your shoulders down to the target versus then if you're working in a more of a front right seam for the guy in six and a back left seam for the passer in one, then he can dive across and make sure that he's taking that ball on his left side and dropping his shoulders and being able to bring well, it back to the target. Maybe it's just a reflection of I took every seam that I was ever playing because... No, I don't trust you. You're not gonna. I'm taking this seam. Like, get Sounds out like the way. A very good libero or something like that. I don't know. Well, man. You guys, you we went two man pass in the semifinal Ooh. and quarterfinal at the national championships. Like, it wasn't exactly a perfect process here. We're talking. So, I guess maybe that's my expectation for the league is much lower, right? Everybody likes to push the level higher, and I guess I gotta respect that, Josh. Like, I mean, that was more than five years ago, Garrett. I think we've established that nobody cares about anything that happened in and you sports volleyball more than five years ago but uh eli have you guys ever done a two-person service eve uh once in a while like i don't i'm not a big fan of two two men like i would rather uh show three and then pull a guy late kind of thing and use him as bait to pass like that's more of my style i don't really like standing up that'd be my role here i'd be the bait guy no you're libero you got you are you're the bait guy <laughs> as the libero because there's yeah. no way you're playing another position uh, I actually, I actually said in my fourth year for a couple of games, I, I revamped my high school setting career, but, uh, generally speaking, no, we would basically, we just either a lot of teams with their floats are trying to take out the front row hitter, that sort of stuff, right? Hold them in until they start their toss and approach and then just get them to either move out or get out of the way or whatever and fill that spot. Yeah, I see that like happen a lot in Can West. Uh, I see that oh. a lot in the OEA where they, they stack the screen a little bit. I, I don't think many refs are calling that ever. 
No, man. It's uh, We see a ton of screens now, like even to a point where like the guys in the back row have their hands up in the air and that sort of stuff. And they, you know, they used to call it a couple of years ago. Like I took, I took whatever a year off and then COVID as well before I came back. So but, but those first four years, they were much, they were much more keen to call it. Like we, I remember we lost a point because of it once actually my second year, but that, uh, yeah, like, not anymore. They don't call anything anymore. I don't know. Honestly, Strange. it's kind of one of the guttiest things about our sport that is just generally accepted that you do. Like a lot of top Definitely. teams, like who are actually good, spend the time to line up and remember where their guy is serving from and where he's serving to to set up the screen. Like what a dorky thing to do, to be honest. You get a bunch of big, tall goons with their hands up, knowing exactly where the serve's gonna go, and the guy's ripping it. It's like that. A, it's not allowed, but B, like, come on, like, you you really gonna do that? If you need to do that to feel like you have a chance to win, like that's just uh, I don't like it. I don't Did you like guys it. do that at UBC? Are we calling you out here too? Uh, he probably memorized the screen, Gary. He's a big raw raw guy. He's probably moving the screen around. We definitely we definitely try to screen, but a lot of the time, like it depends if our coach is calling in, calling in serves or not. Otherwise, if guys are going best serve, you just park yourself in the middle of the court and just try and take as much space as possible. Yeah, like everybody just does it, and it is against the rules, Josh. Like you can't do it. And like, right? where does it like? Where's the gray area, right? Like, where do we? When do we step over the line, right? Like, what's what's too much of a screen? Is it like when we have guys standing on each other's backs? Like three or, or four criteria you have to have, and I think it, most refs interpret it that as soon as the athlete is jump serving, that the passer shouldn't have lost sight of the ball, and they won't ever call it on a jump serve. Like, it has to be low to the net. It has to be over the screen. It has to be all these things that I don't know. It just doesn't get called very often. That's BS because mm. you see some guys have the low toss spin serve, like that quick approach spin serve, and you don't know when they're coming. Like that is a real thing. Maybe when guys are like getting their shirts out and like raising their shirts <laughs> to like really spread out the space is when it's really gone too far. <laughs> I think like I would say it's like I feel like they let it go more too now because we see so many people trying to hand pass these balls now. Right. And it's like, when you stand closer to the net, that screen becomes so much more effective. Right. Just because yeah. of from like peripheral, not being able to see it. So like, I feel like, the, I mean, if I was a ref, like the reason why I wouldn't call is because I'm not going to reward some, some Gronk who's six, eight and can overhead yeah. press 225 pounds. Who's just going to go manhandle this ball as soon as it comes over the net. Like that guy needs more of a challenge, but obviously that's speaking as a libero who, no, I know. I know. Josh arm, agrees so. just because you said the word Gronk. Like uh, yes, that's an immediate yes. last one from Josh. You're a big, you're a big Gronk guy, or like I, I dropped word? it on this show, and Garrett, I don't think has ever heard it, so he makes me repeat it every time it comes up. I think Gronk describes people who look like ogres, Garrett. What do you want me to call him, Shrek? I mean, it's a, it's an insult though. Like we're we're <laughs> naming a group of people who we haven't really named, but just big ogres. Yeah. Okay, I'm down. Um, but let's not let's not mince words here. Like let's go right to ogre. <laughs> Why we gotta sugarcoat it with Gronk? Because Gronk could be like seen as cool because of Rob Gronkowski. Like I think there there's some people. Oh, who take it's a hidden. Out. It's a passive aggressive insult. Yeah, because I don't want them to choke slam me. <laughs> True, they're <laughs> ogres. <laughs> Eli, are you a hand pass guy or are you 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 a forearm pass guy? Oh, I'm definitely definitely forearm pass for yes, sure. Yes, my I, guy. Let's go. I can't like I don't know I I had a pretty gnarly thumb injury uh, on the like the first week of my junior national team and I've just had like ligament damage from that ever since then and I just I don't know I've never really had the urge to really try and learn it like most of the time I'm good enough with my arms so I just 
feel like it's a skill I skill I'd like to acquire, but like after having after that injury, I'm just like it scares the shit out of me sometimes. Sorry, part of that. I mean, we playing through club. My dad was our coach, um, and we were not allowed to hand pass. Now, when people hear me say that, I think they assume, oh, the rules said you couldn't hand pass because that is a rule in on the OVA. But no, this was before the rule. My dad imposed the rule on our team that we couldn't ever hand pass. Free balls, nothing. We just weren't allowed. We ran suicides, end lines Ooh. if we if we did it, which is pretty intense. That explains the, that explains your your success at the beach level, you know, because you never you're so used to not having to play with your hands anyway. Like, it makes sense. Your dad was just looking out for you. He was looking out for us big time. And when I got to university, like on those really tough flat floats. I always found that like trying to get your hands on it if it was to your side was way more difficult than just using your plat like stepping back and using your platform. You had more time to see the ball kind of develop. And I always just laughed out loud when you're playing a game and you see a guy try to like hand pass a ball in like a you know like a shoulder position here because it's just so fast and flat and they can't get to it. I always thought, oh, you look like such an idiot. There's so many guys that like tend to do it. Like it's, you see, like those guys that are like really strong with it. And then you get like the other ones with the dudes who just like fully like catch it. Oh it, yeah. But it's like it's pretty fluid though, right? Like yeah. that I understand, but I know I'm the same way. Like anything, anything that's like to the right of my head, I'd rather whatever turn my hips to the wall and try yeah. to get my shoulders to the target kind of thing. Josh, I feel like you're a hand pass guy though. You're staying awfully quiet. You're not. You're not piling on. Are we um, burying you here? I, I've seen teams use it as an advantage. Like when I think of McMaster and Steve Meyer, like tippy toe in the attack line and just like chucking it, like uh, it can't be a double, right? By the laws of our sport. So I see guys using it as an advantage, but it is pretty ugly to watch sometimes. Yeah, what a weird sport we're playing, actually. Like you, you can't double on the first one. Like what a well, weird rule. Yeah, like that's a that's a segment for another time. Weird yeah, who, rules. Who, who, who shot of that one? Yeah, like, like what would have prompted that? Yeah, like. You're okay to kick it off your own face on the first contact because it can't be a double. It's percussive. Right. <laughs> like, how is that allowed? What if, what if somebody really took advantage of that and was like really egregiously doubled on the first contact for a huge advantage? Like tried to spin it as much as they could? I don't know how you would do it, but like <laughs> maybe like you just double on purpose as like misdirection, but you got so good. It's not possible. I don't know. Off the well, hands, off the head, redirection, two ball. Header. That's a beach play waiting flow. to happen right there, Josh. Like, it, it's there a free ball or something, and you, like, go to volley it, but instead you just, like, head it over. Right, because you wouldn't have to be square. hands, though, right? So it's like you can test the double rule. Yeah, see. We're, we're, this is this deserves more discussion to give Josh some... Does it? Some, it does. We got to give you some. We got to give you some shady, some shady tactics, Josh, to take away here. Okay, to uh, from libero's perspective, because as we've established, that you've got a body of a libero. So, let thank you, life. thank you. It's a compliment. <laughs> what is it? It is. You're shredded. Are libero shredded? Are Am you I shredded? shredded? <laughs> no to both. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we've digressed significantly, um, and we're, we've gone well over time. So, I mean, we got to get to closing the show, but I have to ask, Eli, thanks for joining us. But, I mean, hey, what would you think of the show? Man, it's awesome, man. Anytime you get to talk ball with guys that like to talk ball, it's, uh, it's a good time. 
maybe Garrett again, like you know, the under preparations, a couple couple podcasts in a row that guys seem to be on. Yeah, like I don't know, if, I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon, but you know, I'll yeah, pass like, on the same message that I said, Colton said. Just you know, just a little more prepared, a little brutal. more professional. I mean, I'll take that feedback. I mean, this is the point of asking how the show went is to like, you know, do the debrief of the episode still in the episode. But uh, yeah, maybe I should just tell people that I prepared a ton for the episode and really just change perspectives. But then if it's a terrible episode and I say I prepared a lot, everyone's going to go. We're going to lose a lot of credibility with our fan. You prepared for this? The trouble is is if you went ahead and did that with this one, right? Like your two like stars of the week you had already talked about at the start of the show. Like really just kind of like revamping the same thing twice. Like, yeah, recycling old content. Two two call outs. Like, yeah. What kind of knob does that? I mentioned Carrie twice and now three times on the show. Like, does he deserve that? Yes, he absolutely deserves that. I mean, I'm not going to take that back. Wait I'm not going to take that back. Yeah, yeah he deserves down. that. So, I mean, thanks for your feedback. And thanks for coming on the show, man. I mean, it's always great to, uh, like you said, talk with folks who like to talk ball, and we like to talk ball. So we complained a lot on this episode, but I feel like we solved absolutely nothing as normal. Anything you want to say before we sign off, Josh? Well, thanks for you know listening. If they made it this far, thanks so much. Leave a comment. If you're on the podcast, give a five-star review. Like, Just keep it coming. Thank you, listener. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Eli, for joining us. Appreciate having you around. Josh, thanks for joining as always. Um, And that'll do it for this one, everybody. So we'll see you next time.